Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Have to get 30, 30, bet you get 30, bet you get 20, 20, 20, bet you get 20, 20, bet you get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Scummy Mummies Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Scummy Mummies Podcast. I am Ellie Gibson. And I am Helen Thorne. And who are you? I'm Jeremy Vine. It's Jeremy Vine! <laughs> oh my god! Yes! <laughs> Off of, you know, the radio and the telly and everything. All those things. The dancing tall guy. Yes. I mean, why don't you introduce yourself, Jeremy? Well, How would you describe Jeremy Vine, Jeremy Vine? We were just in the Radio 2 lift, and as we were there going up to the sixth floor, the speaker started playing what sounded like my voice, and I pointed up at it in a kind of a slightly Alan Partridge way, and you went, oh, that's you. And I said, no, it's this bloke on Steve Wright who impersonates me. But I've gradually become more and more like the impression of me. So I yes. suddenly start shouting very loud like that. So you've got to stop me if that happens, because it's very... But there's nothing to say, really, except I do a radio show every day, and I'm a bloke. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I think and you've I, done and some I've got things. A, and a father you... of two beautiful little girls, and that's it. Oh, oh, well, you know, and, you've, and you're an author. You've got a book out. I have you? a book, that's Let's just true. get that out of the way and I'll plug it now. I know, I brought it with me. You can sign it I'm later. such a... Do you know, I'm, I think probably you're the same. I'm so useless at plugging my books and stuff. I yeah. just don't... I feel mortified. I, I, <laughs> I just do... Look, so I'm British. sorry, everybody. But <laughs> I, I know I'm talking about my... But please don't buy it afterwards because it will be really embarrassing, you know. Yeah. Now then, the publisher, when I had this book thing and I was going around doing talks and you... Well, of course, our paths crossed. Yes. At one of the talks, the publisher said, look, we, we, we are... She's a very posh uh, person. She, we are... It was a very good talk. Everyone's enjoying it. But you're not mentioning your book at all. <laughs> and she said in a sort of desperate voice. So I then decided to do a proper sales pitch. Mm-hmm. But even that was just mortifying. Oh, I'm going to be writing? signing later. And, you know, do you, anyway. you like writing the book though? Because the book's really we'll get we'll get this bit out of the way. But the book is excellent because it's about your work here at the BBC and anecdotes and your thoughts on fatherhood and and everything. But did you actually really enjoy writing the book? And I putting did. It, all down? it was it was really it came about because I I began to think as one often does in this organisation about you know the speed of life and how long have I been doing this job and how many calls have I taken? That was the crucial thing because obviously I take phone calls from from brilliant listeners and I realized it was very near to 25,000 so I just thought I should I should do something about the 25,000th call unfortunately it was a guy who just rang up and shouted the word sperm bank Um, and then hung up. So oh, 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 I, I did, hope he's single. I, I did know, yeah. say to you, I said, Dad, leave him alone. He's just trying to do a radio show. 
So yeah, it was an item about where do you borrow money from if the banks won't lend to you. But I, but I, I it's the danger of basically sorting your historic moment in advance. You know, mm. don't don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> so I wrote about you know what they taught me these listeners that's all. And we have one on today actually called Jean Neal from Rotherham, mm-hmm. and Jean was up against the well not up against she was just basically saying why does anyone invest in shares. Because the markets are crashing today, and she, I wouldn't go. This is her actual voice. I wouldn't go near them if you paid me. She'd ra- <laughs> I'd rather bet on the Grand National. So we had the business editor, Simon Jack, in, and she said, "Are you?" It's <laughs> just a brilliant conversation. He explained how the whole thing worked, and she said, "Are you rich? Why? Why not? If you know everything." I thought, yes. Yes. She's she's great. Get her in. Classic takedown. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, get her in front of a fortune teller next week. Brilliant. Thank you, Jean. I'm with Jean. I'm with Jean. Absolutely, absolutely. So, Gary, you did mention your family uh, back there, and technically this is a parenting podcast. Yes, indeed. Should we flog that horse? Uh, Yes. (laughs) I'd be happy to talk about parenting. If anyone can give me any advice, I'd love it. Um, (laughs) My my kids are, they're two girls, 13 and 11. Okay. So I'm going into the teenage daughter territory. Um... What can I say about that? Somebody just recently gave me a book called Untangled. Oh. Have you heard about that? No. No. Written by, this will put you off a bit, a Canadian psychologist. Oh, I like a Canadian. Do you? But that's another story. (laughs) She had quite a good year with Canadians. Oh, really? She was traveling. There was a a time, I went backpacking around Southeast Asia. Again, it's another story. It's for another time. So you went across the border? I've just got the word mountain in my head. Let's just move on. Let's just move on. Well, uh, I can't. But anyway, she she's. I'm reading this thing and it's full of utter gems. Oh. So, for example. So you feel well equipped now going into the big teenage years. Yeah. It says um, your your daughter may often just feel upset for no reason, and it doesn't mean it's your fault. They want to express stuff that you know. They want to say they love you. They hate you. Whatever it goes, changed in a minute. That doesn't mean it's your fault. Just, just sort of go with it. Yeah. Mm. They said that certain. They said they'll do the, the. It's called the hot potato handoff, where the child and I haven't really had this with my daughter, but she said basically, you know, a child comes in with a bad chemistry mark. Instead of being upset about it, she leaves it for her father to see. And when he says, "How has this happened? You're brilliant at chemistry. You got a thirty percent." What's going? She says, "Oh, I don't even care." And then he becomes the angry one because that it's very much in the child's toolkit is to hand it off because you can't mm. handle the emotion, yeah. you know. And then the other very, very good wise. practical thing... Also, was, chemistry's bollocks. Like, who needs chemistry, yeah, really? Exactly. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. When was the last time you were like, oh, I, no. w- I wish I knew more chemistry and then I could solve this problem? Well, I don't think so. the answer to that is presenting eggheads, to be frank, oh, because right, unfortunately... You need to know everything. Yeah. I don't, well, or pretend to know everything. Yes. The periodic table comes up the whole... Bloody um, time. Mm. I mean, what does RU stand for? Oh, I know that one. Go on, go on. Um, is it copper? No, go on. R- rust. No, not rust. RU. <laughs> <laughs> you were concentrating so hard there. I thought oh. either it's the Canadian who's back or you're about to give us the right answer. I think it might be Rutherfordium or Ruthenium. I'm not sure, but it's not rust. Yeah. That's F-E, ferrous, whatever. Oh. But the bottom line I is, none of us know, and yet the world still matter. turns. Yeah, the it doesn't matter. Turn. We still sleep at night. I yes. like that approach. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Only... I interrupted you. You were going to say the second. Oh, yeah, the, the really good piece of advice, practical piece, is you have an arrangement with your daughter. And I stress mine is only 13. We're not in that zone yet. But where you say, if you call us any time, we'll pick you up. It doesn't matter why. Mm. If you're at a party or something and you sense this is getting dodgy. Yeah. If you call mum, she's not going to say, what the hell are you doing there? Why do you... Don't worry. You won't have to explain. We'll just come and get you. Yeah, great. Because once the child feels that they're they're going to be in trouble for calling, then they don't call. Mm, and then yeah. all kinds of other things happen. And I thought, mm, okay, this is really good advice. 
Can I? Can I? Ring you next time at a, you can at a boring party. <laughs> <laughs> you can get me. Unless it's because you're speaking to me at the party, and then that would be really awkward. But no, yes, you can. I, I, I still, yeah. I want that arrangement with my mum now. Actually, yeah. can you come and get me from? Yeah. Well, we sort of hilariously, we sort of yes. have that arrangement with my dad, mm. who is seventy, and has recently become properly employed as our roadie. So oh. now he drives us wow. all around the country in my Skoda Yeti yes. uh, with all our props. Oh, and brilliant. Like, up and down we the sit motorway. in the back seat yeah. like teenagers yeah. and rehearse our comedy show and he drives yeah. us. Supposedly we rehearse. What we usually mostly do is, because he doesn't put his hearing aids in, we just take the piss out of him <laughs> in full earshot <laughs> uh, of, of him. So it's good fun. That's lovely. So maybe that yeah. could be you in, in a few years. Yeah, well, yeah. I'd, be, I'd be happy to be the driver, yeah. yeah. The official driver. I think that sounds lovely because you, you sit in the back and you can actually do banter and you can... Yeah, see what works yeah. Yeah, but he, yeah. it sounds like he needs to switch at least one hearing aid on no I think do... it's best for everybody yeah. really and also he, he's anti-sat-nav so he'll yeah. like he will have photocopied a map he would have all, all memorised it he, oh. he's anti-sat-nav he just has a, a, the so way to Norwich sat- is in his head it's in his yeah. head it's that amazing. thing of, yeah. of older people refusing to use digital mm. navigation Ooh. it's like some kind of like, offence to him like oh he, I know yeah, yeah. I had a relative come around I can't go anywhere I forgot to bring my map <laughs> so I think what he actually goes around London with an A to Z and he's until he won't turn a street corner unless he's on the right page oh god he sounds great it's beautiful but yeah it's a little bit maybe a little bit frustrating at times Um, so your girls are a little bit older than a lot of our listeners have got younger kids like maybe sort of early schoolies or babies even so you've done all that what's your Jeremy Vine (sighs) nugget of wisdom for people with younger kids what's your Uh, number one survival tip how do we get through the primary the primary years I think that um, as a dad I, my father I love dearly. I was a, a pretty troubled, sort of unpleasant teenager, actually. I, was, I thought I thought I was a punk, really. And we never had, my dad and I, one thing that we did together. Mm-hmm. And once he once took me bowling, and I really enjoyed it. I couldn't really tell him until 30 years later how much I enjoyed having him with me for that. But the rest of the time, I was just bullshit. So with my two daughters, from a quite an early age... I've tried to make sure we've got one thing that we do together. So with Martha, my oldest, since she was five, I've been taking her to see Chelsea. Right. So we go and see the Chelsea home games. And I'm thinking, in the modern world, it's still very much Chelsea, you know, football's for boys. And it's not, you know, and to have a girl who knows about football and how where he's, Eden Hazard plays when he's having a good game and, and what's the positioning of the midfield diamond is brilliant. But also it gives us great father-daughter time mm. so I think having just a thing between yeah. you is really really good a special yeah. thing with my other daughter it's a bit more complicated sort of it's more kind of to do with with maybe a, seeing a movie or dance she's a big dancer she has to go dancing so when I was on Strictly I was you know she got to know that my dancer I was with and that was a big thing for her so I think creating a bit of a zone which is a non-parent zone mm. maybe just a bit of a friend zone and it doesn't have to be Chelsea it could be a good football team like Crystal Palace something like that <laughs> well, oh, it's God, you're, doing you so well, that. you're doing so no, well it's, you said that on the right day I don't, yeah. know, if you're, I don't know if you're following football at the Not moment really. but we've just oh. we have just had two very bad games oh. so yes you oh, don't try look, now. now you feel like no 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 it's fine we, we, we lost <laughs> I took Martha on a weekend ago and we lost to Bournemouth 3-0 at home and she said I don't know what's going on you know she's like this is not supposed to happen and uh, and then we lost yesterday to Watford 4-1 so um, something bad is happening I'm very sorry for your loss. <laughs> yes, she is not. She is not at all. But is that is that advice any good? That, that's, that is, yeah, that's no, that's, that's a nice. Really it's not about. That. Do you need something a bit even a bit younger about? I tell you what really annoys my wife is if someone says to me, "Oh, you're doing childcare," and she's thinking, 
hang on. When I'm mothering, yes. nobody Parenting. calls it childcare. No. When he's fathering, it's childcare. What's going on? You know. Yeah. And yeah. that is so staying trying to avoid that particular car crash is a good yeah. idea. No, it makes us a bit stabby, us women. Yeah. When, when, yes. But also because. I think father the fatherhood has been kind of fetishized a bit recently on social media and like the way oh isn't he a good dad because he's like at the park with his kids when yeah. I think that disparity is still very strong. Yeah. Um so that's a bit that that pisses us off a bit. But yeah. you know, but keep doing it dads. I'm not saying don't do yeah. it. Just don't go on about yeah. it. Just, yeah. Not a fucking hero. Keep it yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we can swear can we? Yeah, yeah, go on. Oh, I didn't realize that. No, yeah. no, sorry. I mean, I don't know what your BBC contract says. Maybe you I don't can't. Know if I can swear in my own we're our own bosses. Of course, in podcasts we yes. can swear. I know, um, it's, it's a new maybe thing. Maybe I'll come out with something Keep really it, yeah. potty mouth later, like Think the word about, bottom or something. Yes, or... bottom's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> that'll, that'll make it to the headline of the sun. Jeremy Vine says bottom on slaggy podcast. <laughs> <laughs> what do they do next? That's half the Daily Mail written right there. That's, <laughs> that's, right. that's done. You're welcome. Yes. Now, <laughs> and you mentioned earlier you were a bit of a punk back in the day. Mm, now, so you see her? up there on that, that picture down the bottom right, it says Jeremy Rotten, and that's a picture that's from when I started on Radio 2, but they, they, they had a photo in the mail of me as a... Now, I know I don't look like a punk, because I'm wearing... Is that you in the middle with a yeah. bow? And is that your brother? My brother, Tim Vinyl, that's left. Yeah. That's right, and then... You yeah, don't know you work in a Ryman's. I know. Well, <laughs> the, the, the punk band that we formed missed the point of punk. It was in Cheam, in Surrey, very middle class. <laughs> we wore flared trousers and, and Bermuda shirts and ties. So it became like, this band is totally has totally missed the point of what's going on. Mm. And we sort of, we then realised this was working slightly to our advantage, you know, so we were different. And it gave me an interesting rule about news, which is that it's a disruption of the norm. So a punk band that looks like a punk band is never going to get anywhere. But a punk band that's from Cheam that is wearing flared trousers, suddenly everyone's interested because they're so ridiculous. Yeah. But, I mean, obviously... We were briefly Cheem's biggest band, but it didn't go beyond that. <laughs> didn't go beyond Hello, that. Cheem. Where did you? And, and Tim, you... my dear brother, you know, it's that sort of, I suppose, the beginning of his performance career because he's yeah. now a comedian like yourself. But were you the funny one? I always hear when comedians say, "Oh, but my brother's funnier." Is Tim funnier? Oh yeah, he's funnier than me for sure. Yeah, but he also has a very mechanical mind where humour's concerned. So I, I noticed when he does his jokes that he he will spend a lot of time writing them. So, for example, uh, I had a friend who was run down by a... St- uh, sorry, there I say, I've already, I've already messed it up. And he says to me, he says, you must never tell my jokes because you messed them up. I said, I don't mess them up. OK, let me try again. I had a friend whose ambition was to be run over by a steam train. When it happened, he was stuck, chuffed to bits. OK. Yeah. Tim worked worked with that to get every word in the right place and suddenly he worked out how to how what the best order and I think gosh that's quite a that's quite a precise thing Velcro what a rip off you know <laughs> I mustn't do any I more of his jokes I think your delivery was better on that one yeah, yeah you're warming up I was yeah. so proud of him he got the best joke at the Fringe Festival for crime in multi-storey car parks that is wrong on so many different levels <laughs> and I thought oh that's such a perfect joke it's you know? a yeah. beautiful joke um, so mm. he's definitely funnier than me yeah. on your Tim Vine he's done, he's he done alright hasn't he he's done well to, to earn a living from making people laugh is the well as you know it is the highest occupation I really believe that more than teaching, more than, you know, <laughs> nursing, medicine. Oh, no, I'll, I'll take yes. that smoke up my ass. Thank you very much. Yes, I very think much. so. I mean, yeah. it's like being a poet. You know, what could be higher than that? We, we do often, like, when we drive around the country, we'll turn to each other and go, we're being paid for this. This is 
Wonderful. Yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah, you'll do that, and then I'll go. Yeah, hundred pounds, and then we go. We get a good Nando's meal out of that. That's fine. But do you still do you still get that buzz? You must from being paid. We're not going there. No, we're not going there. Don't mention the war. Don't mention the war. We're in the BBC. The point is, we know we know you're a good man, Jeremy. We know you've you've taken one for the team. Yeah, and we do, of course, mean the team with vaginas, and that's I feel good. I want you to say about that. I can't. I mustn't even laugh during this section because it is such a serious thing inside yep. the BBC and out. So, mm. um, and quite rightly. Uh, but as to the main thing about you're asking about sort of satisfaction, um, yeah, when I was 12 years old, I was uh, given a little 10 minute slot on Capital Radio one Sunday on a show. And I walked in and I saw a glimpse of Kenny Everett, my hero. <gasps> oh, yes, seriously. Yes. The greatest oh, DJ my God. ever. Oh, I've got the feels. Oh. I've got the feels. Know, was he doing I, the funny legs? Was no, he, he was, he was just Where around. Where did the legs end? No, and, and he, I used to, as a teenager, just get, go to the spare room of my parents' house on a Saturday and listen to his show on Capital Radio, just sit there listening. That's amazing to think of a uh, teenage teenager doing that now. Um, because you know you got screen, you got everything else, and so that inspired me. To, I thought I want to be a DJ, and I want to do. It. And my mum said, "Well, I mean, playing records isn't really a way of making a living, darling. You know, you need to be doing something, something more serious." So anyway, I ended up on journalism and blah and Newsnight, and then I end up playing records on radio too. So I do sometimes look around and think, "Oh, this is the best job. It's undoubtedly the best job in the BBC." Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I know that because I've done Crime Watch and Panorama and Newsnight, and I've done been a foreign correspondent and a Westminster correspondent. This is the best job because you can play, play Fleetwood Mac. We yeah. played Gypsy today. What a song. Oh, what a song. Best Fleetwood Mac song, would you say? Uh, if I couldn't choose that one, I would say probably Never Going Back Again. And mm. if you listen to that Rumours album, there are some, I love music, and there are some albums which are basically greatest hits albums yes. the day they come out. Mm. Yeah. So Carol King Tapestry is one. Yes. Oasis, What's mm-hmm. the Story? That's an excellent album. I think is is the greatest hits album the day they released it. Yeah. And, and Fleetwood Mac Rumours. And Spectacular by Steps. Yes, yeah. definitely. <laughs> I forgot to mention that. Five, what else? Six, what else? Seven, what else? No, what else? No, we, I was, um, Paul, in, in my car, CD, you know this because yes. you, you have to be in it all the time. In my she car, drives, CD yes. changes. I get no choice. Some of them get changed in and out, but the two that are always there are Rumours and Graceland. Graceland, Simon. definitely. Classic, you see. And um, you've met the, Simon, haven't you? Met yeah, I met Simon. him. In, yes, I did meet him, and but because uh, he was in for Ken's did show. Did you have Daniil? very short do you know he, what What really struck me and I have seen him in concert I, I don't worship the Simon but I do th- I can see that he's absolutely in the pantheon it's a bit like Neil Diamond what I was interested in was as I watched him on the station you know on the air and off the air he never smiled once and I thought is there some deep unhappiness I don't know you mm. know I just wondered it made me rather sad that is a shame and I think it? maybe that's the artist though Mm. You know, the as Princess Diana said in one of those recorded phone calls, if you want to be like me, you've got to suffer. He did. He did write a song that starts "Hello Darkness, My Old Friend." Yeah. I don't think he's the jolly song. <laughs> no, he's I not. I just think inherently he's not that jolly. Do you think you know? Art's more more the jokes man? Yeah, Art probably wrote the one about the zoo. I think. <laughs> well, Art yeah. did. Of course, Art didn't do the music. He did the words, oh. didn't he? So a poet and a one man band. That's the description. Oh. I always think, yeah, that's on the verge of. That's what they say about us, isn't it? <laughs> Yes, I'm oh, the miserable harmonic wordsmith. That's it. Uh, yes, we get a lot of because we're a double act. We get a lot of comparisons. Bert and Ernie, um, Morecambe and Wise. And do you, does Little one of you do? Soup, yes, that's what we does like. one of you do the music and the other not? Then no, we do. We do you basically both... everything. Well, Helen's sort of the boss of the social media. I'm in charge of technology and driving. 
Yeah. So it's in some ways it's quite a gender stereotypical. Yes, <laughs> I, I do the nice things like I make the cakes, welcome yeah. people in, and yeah. Ellie asks how much money are we getting. So it works out <laughs> yeah. very well. It works yeah. out. And, and then there's a father at the wheel as well, which yes. is good too. Yeah. yeah. And then Helen always remembers who people are at parties while mm. I stand there and go, "Yep, nice, nice oh, to brilliant. see you again, again, <laughs> yeah. again." And I go, yes. "That's the editor of Hello." And she's like, "Ah, yes, what's Hello?" <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so no, yes. you find you you find your um you know you find your 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 niches and your special roles I think within because it's like having a, a marriage it's like having because yeah. we spend more time with each other we spend more time in hotels together than I have with my yeah. husband yeah. we probably had more sex when oh I think probably about it. yes I mean that that's always a bonus with um, benefits of course yeah. yes <laughs> yeah you were a war correspondent weren't you for a bit or you used to go I was to, yeah I mean I, I I wouldn't really call it I mean I did have reported on wars I was Africa correspondent and I was on the Today programme when they used to send... And this is the crazy thing about the BBC. You, you, you start as a trainee. I then got a job on the Today programme in a slightly strange way. What, what happened was I started to work for them on my days off to try to get noticed because you, you're worth less than a, a, a flake of croissant on the floor of the canteen when you start in this organisation. There's 20,000 people. lovely image. I How do you even get noticed? And I, I used to go, I used to come past uh, through Carnaby Street to, to walk to Broadcasting House. And there was a shop in Carnaby Street that was, I noticed, amidst all the sort of tat, the tourist tat, this is about 30 years ago, was selling Nazi memorabilia. Can you believe that? Oh. So the iron swastikas and iron crosses and all that. God. So I went and got a Ewa, which was then the reel-to-reel recording machine. Mm. And I thought I would go and sort of do an interview with the owner of the shop or do it. So anyway, I stood outside the shop thinking I can do this as a package. And I said, I'm standing outside a shop in the heart of London's tourist, <laughs> bustling tourist centre, <laughs> yeah. and it's selling Nazi memorabilia, and isn't it incredible? And then the owner of the shop then suddenly appeared, swinging a very big lump of wood. <gasps> and he swung it at me and at the machine, and I then turned to try and shield the machine. And he hit me on the back very slightly with a piece of wood, but it wasn't anything serious. But anyway, I came into the, the Today office, and I'd done this piece, and it's quite dramatic, you know, so I'm, I'm commenting on this thing, and then I'm attacked by a piece of wood. They weren't at all bothered about the attack on me, <laughs> but they were bothered by the attack on a piece of BBC equipment, which for them yeah. was a heinous offence. Mm. But I suddenly it started to exist. It went out, and I was 23, and I thought, oh, I've just been on the air with yeah. being attacked with a lump of wood. And then after that, I joined the Today programme, and in answer to your, to your question, they did send me to some places where there was um, fighting, and I guess the, the one that was... For me, stands out was the former Yugoslavia. But, you know, the funny thing is just being so young and before health and safety, you just went. Yeah. No flag jacket. You, you hire, I hired a car in Slovenia. So I would have been, let's say, 25. I drive. I think to myself, OK, the war seems to be in Serbia and Croatia. So I drive out of Slovenia, pass a load On of, your own, is this? Yes, on ah. my own. Pass a load of Yugoslavia. Like, so I'm, I'm envisaging, you know, those those war scenes where you've got a map and you've just got like no. a miniature Jeremy Vine. On the someone's, bonnet. Yes, no, someone's <laughs> yeah. moving you with one of those weird no. wooden forks into like... And the <laughs> line is moving forks. across. No, <laughs> it was so... In a beautiful way, it was so chaotic you know I'm and, looking and for the war <laughs> yes it was and my colleague uh, oh my Nicola Karslow just got off the airport in Bulgaria and said take me to the revolution to Ooh. the taxi driver but anyway I drove across into Serbia but as, as I was driving I thought I've bitten off more than I can chew here I was in the car the sun went down and I'm driving and there's not a soul around and I'm driving across what really is no man's land in a war zone and I'm just thinking I thought I 
something terrible is going to happen. I'm just the car's going to get shot up or something. Mm. And I emerged in Serbia, and then I was kind of stopped by these rough blokes, and they kind of pulled the car apart, and got all my stuff, and then they put it all back in again. I drove back again. And I thought. I mustn't do that again. So I remember thinking, <laughs> and then so we also were ambushed on that trip, and we had to go. I've got a recording of it actually, um, and it was just basically being totally out of my depth. Mm. You know, it sounds terrifying. Quite yeah, so. and yeah. I think a lot can happen in the next three years, like a chatbot, maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. I should, I should play it to you. I've got it somewhere. I've got the tape of it, but I, uh, I've just, like, hang on, one sec, one sec. Pause yeah, for a yeah. pause. Okay, I think I found oh. it. Getting into the cornfield now. I don't know if you can hear that, but there was shooting in the distance there. And we are actually beside a truck. Oh my god. Ah. That's a mortar actually there. Oh. The Serbs. It's incoming fire. They're firing on our position. You can see it one more time. It's the bullet that nearly hit my head. That just that. So I know when I hear that, I think, oh my goodness, that was so close to my head that I saw the needle on my recording meter move. And I think, okay, every day's a bonus now. Wow. So was that was that was that like one of those moments that just changed your view on everything, or? Um. Or you just I just really got to, no, I've got to have a think about that because mm. I think oh, it's funny life, isn't it? Because because the things that don't happen in a way, didn't happen at all. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, you, so 
Churchill said nothing in life is quite so exhilarating as being shot at without result. And all I felt was I got back to my hotel. I thought I'm now a foreign correspondent. You know, I went to the bathroom. I thought that all the people with me, by the way, had done that many times before. And I, as I looked at myself in the mirror, I had, suddenly had a nosebleed, which must be stress or something. And I thought, God, I've now shed blood. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's the same. Speech. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've now shed blood. Oh, <laughs> I had a nosebleed. <laughs> But I don't know what it made me... I don't know, I just sort of think... There are quite a few people who go do a lot of reporting and they never have that situation. When you have mm. it, it does make you think, yeah. You realise how it can all end in a, an instant. And actually, mm. funnily enough, um, there was a, 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 a guy born the same year as me. I worked for today. He worked for The World Tonight. He was a lovely guy called John Schofield. And he was doing similar, and it was in, I think, Bosnia. And, and that bullet did hit him and he died. And it's been something that the organisations carried for a long time is the names of those people. Another one is Kate Payton, who I worked with, who they, it just, it doesn't miss, mm. you know, and it's something that makes us all realise that at the end there's, you know, people, some people have, have paid with their lives to do that reporting. Mm. And in fact, actually, when you, when you leave the building, you can see there's a, there's a kind of upside down funnel on the roof, which is made of glass, that, that shoots a laser into the sky, which is to remember all of those um, oh, that's correspondence. Really yeah. beautiful. And I think, you know, where all the health and safety and everything, it doesn't, still doesn't stop these things happening. And no, you look at what's happening in luck. Ukraine, mm. and you look at what, particularly if you go to Africa, and it's quite chaotic in some countries, you know. You can't always budget for it. No, so... No. But you've you've that bit of your career is over now. You've yeah. swapped flat jackets for flapjacks. Yeah, well, I, in the in the nineties, I was a political correspondent, and I thought to myself, I I've now done exactly what you said. I've swapped flat jackets for flapjacks, which is but I must remember. That's um, the title of your next book, mate. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's yours. From flapjackets to flapjacks by Jeremy uh, Vine and Ellie Gibson. Ellie You're Gibson very welcome. has written my book title. Yeah. <laughs> no, at the end, when the ninety seven election happened and Blair got in, I thought, oh, it's, it's the end of politics now for at least ten years because. This politics is what happens inside parties so and they said to me why don't you go to Johannesburg so I then was Africa correspondent so it's a different thing it's mainly to do not so much to do with war as just just general suffering you know you see, you see a lot of it and yeah, I just I suppose it just teaches you a lesson that what that news isn't just what we see on and hear on TV and radio it was so hard to get pieces on the air you know yeah. and you, you think we spend so much time talking about the price of a loaf of bread and what's going on at Westminster and Beltway and you know at the moment it's is Theresa May in trouble and all that stuff and actually there's a war going on in the Congo where a million people have died and we've never seen a single frame of footage of it because mm, you know, yeah. we can't really get there so yeah it's like that, that program title The Undiscovered World you know, mm. I suppose. I suppose not to not to kind of. I know that I, I don't want to to destroy the mood, but I I sort of. <laughs> no, have no, this, no, for that. No, it's my, gone. Yeah, yeah, it has gone. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is what will win us the Sony. Come on, keep going. Yeah. I wanted. <laughs> Start crying. Start crying. <laughs> I can't work out. This is my question: is whether so? Is the job of the journalist to go a long way away and bring news back to where we all are, places we couldn't go to ourselves? Or is it to tell us more about us, you know, to talk to you about what, you know, what you like to do or what business you want to run or your kids or whatever? What is the job? You know, because although we think that the old model is the foreign correspondent goes a long way away, he, she comes back with a piece and you say, blimey, I could never have gone there myself. That's amazing. Now it seems to have changed. And I was talking to somebody who runs the Kent Messenger series of newspapers and he said, we basically realised the more pictures of babies we have in our, in our newspaper, the more copies we sell. Yeah. Because everyone just wants to see the picture of their own child in a newspaper. Mm. So I'm thinking, God, if that's the truth, if that's the, if that's the case, the whole this whole thing is wasted. You know, 
Yeah. We just want to have pictures of ourselves. Maybe well, that's, that's the selfie culture. Well, that's, I think that's the way... Well, this is turning into an episode of Black Mirror. Oh, where, where are we going? Seriously. We're going, Come we're on, going, okay, Now you've got to lighten it. <laughs> good, But I know, what do you think? What do you think? Should we... Because in a way, you're doing the great thing of you're telling people about themselves. You're telling this, you know, they're parenting and you're going to help them parent. And I'm thinking that maybe that's where we all are now, is we just want our own lives to be coloured out. Yeah, I suppose we... Our intention, we said this right from the beginning, is, is neither to inform nor educate because we can't do those things because we don't know what we're doing. Mm. We're just working out as we go along. And then we try and talk to different people about their experiences of parenting, which are all fundamentally the same, but also, of course, mm. different. We've talked about the normal. We've talked about the truth. We've talked about all the ugliness, but also the, the joy of parenting. And I think that's what the best response we get. And I don't know what you feel like, Jeremy, is when... People read, write, read, write to us, can't even speak. When people write to us and say, you've made me feel normal. Yeah, it's very or, good. Or I don't feel alone anymore. Yeah. But I think I think that the journalists have both roles because I think you do need to be shook occasionally because we live very comfortably, mm. even though we've got everything to complain about in England, it, it appears to be. But we do need to be shaken and just realise something outside our our lovely island, mm. you know, like mm. news from Australia on the cricket. I mean, that's important journalism, really, isn't it? The Ashes. Don't know, don't know what they are. <laughs> we had I, amazing. Uh, there was a piece yesterday on Twitter by the Adelaide News, which mentioned my show, and I was so excited. And it was this item we did with this vegan, and he's he was he was Australian, I think originally. Which is what he was from Adelaide, right? Yeah. He's he's and then he really moved to vegan when he was about thirty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Come he's, on, he's... the island of vegans. <laughs> uh, um, he is militant about, you know, not eating, uh, well, animal, but anything that comes from animals. So that includes milk and cheese. And so anyway, I'm about to interview him because there's a there's a thing about farmers being threatened by vegans. That's the story. He comes in and the produ- producer says, why don't you have a ham sandwich on your desk? And he goes, he goes, I said, I'm really sorry, but I've got my lunch here. And he goes nuts on the air. And this this thing of him going, I mean, he's that is. Uh, Why did you sound like a the, suckling pig on a spit, or like a well, pig's head on a tray with an apple? He was this he is like the swash sticker all over again. <laughs> so anyway, he, he went out with you with a, with a bit of tofu. <laughs> he, anyway, yeah. So what I happened? now discovered. Well, he he said you shouldn't call it a ham sandwich. You should call that a pig that's been murdered sandwich. And then it just went downhill from there. The vegan oh. said that. Uh, yeah. Oh. And and anyway, I just finally saw this this because there's been quite a lot of pickup from that, and then it finally arrived in Adelaide where he is from. So I thought, oh, we've gone global thanks to a ham yeah. sandwich. Yes. There we go. <laughs> Dead pig sandwich, thank you. Exactly, exactly. He was also very upset about the cheese as well yeah. because he said How can that you get a cow. Upset about cheese, it, it giveth joy. But he's uh, yeah, I can't remember the reason, but he was he was definitely not not happy about it. Oh yeah. dear. Oh, well. I think I love. Firstly, I love cheese. Eating cheese—that's very nice. I want to say that officially. <laughs> and secondly, why did we actually get to our cell phone thing? Did we compare notes on it? Because we switched. Yeah, we, we switched from Apple to Samsung. Yes, or Pixel. Or Pixel. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Apple to Android, or yes. I don't even know what I've got now. But are you happy with that? I mean, are you fe- I feel like there's a bit of trepidation, or you you, you fully changed. No, I'm I'm in. I'm in. I just need to sort my watch out because I've still got another yeah. watch. Yeah, you see, it's I had talking. the same thing as Ellie. I my watch was a gift from my brother. I did not realise the Apple Watch does not work with the non-Apple phone and that's that is indicative of Mm. why we switched Ellie is it not yes that is correct Jeremy it's the it's the sort of yeah (laughs) it's the sort of control yeah that they exert but but if you're a a mum with two children under four whether you've got three days to manage you know and these it's your audience to manage the transition 
away from Apple is it it does take a lot of you need like a weekend away the pixel, the pixel just yeah. comes with a little cable does this something where you just plug it in one plug it in the other one and it just goes do 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 it and did it but there, yeah. Did you mess it up, Jamie? Well, no, but there was a problem because it said my iPhone was encrypted because my iPhone was logged into the BBC Wi-Fi and unbeknownst to me, it stops you copying anything. So, oh, that's that the Daily Mail. So another thing you can blame the BBC for. <laughs> but anyway, to anyone listening, it Listen, is possible. Ellie gate. and I have done it. Ellie and I have done <laughs> yeah, it. We've come believe, through I'm, it. I'm, I'm more positive than you. And I like I my new phone. I think believe in yourself. You can, yeah, you can yeah. do this, I like guys. my new phone, and once you've done it, you've broken free. But it is like yeah. being in the film... What's yeah. that? What's that? The Christopher Matrix? Nolan. For, it is like the Matrix. You're trying yeah. to break out the Matrix. You've it's had really the red difficult. pill, Jeremy. This is what I'm it's saying. It's really hard. It's oh. like breaking up with someone for someone else. It feels yeah. awkward, but just get through it. And within 48 hours later, you'll just be, you know, rabbiting away. You've forgotten all about the first person. That's it. That's, roughly That's happens, not how it? a blow works. We remember forever. <laughs> Seriously, you're so brutal. <laughs> We get hurt for years. Oh, there's no. another. There's another book for you, Jeremy Vine's love letters to my dead iPhone. <laughs> there you are. No, I'm so I'm conscious. You. I'm oh, conscious yes. you've got to go. I'm conscious of time. So can we very quickly yes. um, do two more things? The first yes. thing is, um, can we do a quick fire round? Okay. Yeah, okay. So just, yeah. just okay. one word. Okay. One word. Questions yeah. and answers. Okay. Cold pint of lager or a nice glass of red wine. Cold pint of lager. Good choice. Late <laughs> night snack of choice: kebab or fried chicken. Kebab. Oh, with chilli sauce Beatles or the Rolling Stones Stones Ooh. Kylie or Madonna Ooh, Kylie good people rarely say that no, got Kylie. To. you've got, got to, to be yes. based on the last 10 years yes Kylie excellent choice go for a jog or nice lie down the latter yeah <laughs> I can't, my knees don't do jogging anymore cycle I would take but not a jog yeah, you're a cyclist yeah this yes, is my special cycle life. I, just just quickly in, in a nutshell can you sum up strictly because I know lots of mums watched it and you know that was a that was a big thing it was an amazing thing to discover dancing I won't pretend that I could dance myself but to be in the same room as one of the greatest dancers in the world in brackets Karen Clifton and then to become friends with her in a nice way and uh, maybe it's like poetry. You you can't write poetry by the end of it, but you can understand other people's poetry. Yeah. And I used to look at these pros and I could suddenly realise they've given their lives to this. And mm. they, they, they're like gods. They, yeah. they are. It really is. The exactly. One you thing... were pissing about in Serbia. They were doing a two-step. <laughs> look where it's gone now. Funny enough, Ali Ash was born in... I think he was born in Slovenia, probably after I visited as a correspondent, which made me feel very old. But <laughs> I think um, it does test your nerve because you have to dance in front of 10 million people live. Yeah. And this nice guy, Alan, who's the floor manager, just comes up and says, five seconds, Jeremy, and you never forget. You think, there's no, I can't, there's nowhere I can go now. <laughs> yes. I can't say, wait, I can't. Everywhere else in life, you could just say, hang on a second, I'm not ready. Yeah. Here, you can't. Yeah. You're going to die on your ass if you don't get out there yeah. and do it you're thinking and I'd rather be in a field with someone firing at my head this yeah. is just yeah there was a thing where <laughs> can I tell this story on a podcast yes I was, it, I was in you the gym now. with the great Karen and I, it was the American Smooth I had to lift her over my head and spin her around and lifts are very it's one of the problems for male celebs is you've got to do the lifting and lifts are really frightening because it, it mustn't go wrong and I, I had to do it about 20 times before I got it, finally got it. And she said, uh, I said, phew, we're there. And she said, OK, I just try once more, this time without clutching my vagina. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. This is the best day of my life. Oh. <laughs> 
Oh, well, um, amazing. Well, we, what can we, I say? We do a lift in our show. We do, we do. do. We have a song. Yes. yes. <laughs> uh, we sing I've Had the Wine of My Life and I play Patrick Swayze mm. and Ellie plays the lady, Jennifer. Yes. And I lift her up. I don't think I've touched the inside of your vagina yet, though. Let's say that. Let's just, <laughs> let's, let's never, let's just never speak of this again. No, uh, that's it. Now, finally, 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 yes. we do end every uh, podcast with a scummy mummy confession. Right. So this is like a story of like parenting failure your children mm, announcing something I've done that was a bad thing or something embarrassing that they've done that massively embarrassed uh, you I loved it when I asked my oldest daughter when she was about four what do you want to do when you grow up and she said a poo <laughs> <laughs> she said god that's the same as all of us really yeah. um, <laughs> and what have I done that's bad as a parent oh, just let me just think about this I mean the fairy thing was the problem being the tooth fairy and oh. you know who's writing those notes is amazing and then my handwriting got more and more crap of being disguised <laughs> and at some point she said this is the youngest Anna said right okay sit down questions number one why is the handwriting getting more and more like dad's and then the whole truth came out about everything about <laughs> oh. the f- oh. everything was blown oh. she did the proper Columbo on us you know <laughs> And she was really upset for a while. So, yeah, and I hope hard. no one have got kids listening to this because I don't I'm want not, to. I'll just bleep, I'll just bleep some bleep, of the words yeah, you yeah, just yeah. said. So I'll just bleep things came out that should not have been heard by a child. Yes. Or like that. Yes. So that was a bad go. one for us, yeah. And that was all to do with my handwriting slipping. Oh. Because I started, when I started doing the Tooth Fairy notes, I spent ages, you know, like you imagine if you're doing a, a blackmail note in a murder case. <laughs> oh, you never imagine that? Um, <laughs> You go with the hand you don't it? usually use. So with me, that'd be my right. And you, you hold the pen in the front, and your handwriting doesn't. Look, and by the end, I was just like writing it normally, and she just completely busted me. Oh, so, wow. so there we go. Well, uh, now your book, what's it called? It's called What I Learned. Um, basically, all about my listeners. Yeah. There we go. And your next book, of course, from um, Flapjackets yes. to Flapjacks, will be out in the autumn. Yes, yeah. indeed. Good indeed. stuff. His publisher will be thrilled. <laughs> <laughs> More books not to sell. Yes. Uh, thank you very much for listening to the podcast. As usual, please rate, review, and subscribe. Follow us at Scummy Mummies and all the things. And we're doing live shows across the UK: uh, Belfast, Cambridge, Winchester, mm. all over. Mm. I can't be bothered saying anymore. Anything else you want to plug, Jeremy? Just want to big up the scummy mummies and say how nice it is to see you guys. Oh, and, thank you. And, and what a great thing it is to have a parenting podcast. I wish I'd had a, something like this to listen to when I was, you know, in the earlier years. Oh, um, maybe the BBC should put it on their radio. Maybe they should. Yeah. Maybe. Yes. Maybe they should return their emails. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. You've been absolutely Thank fantastic. You. We're so Thank grateful. Thank you, Helen. Thank you, Ellie. Thank you. All right, All until right. next time. Bye bye. That I is... think we need to write a new song for the show, Helen. We and do. I think it's going to be called I've Had the Vine of My Life. <laughs> <laughs> We've never had a guest this good. <laughs> Don't say that because the other 118 people might get pissed off. <laughs> no. Sorry, Jane Garvey. You're yes. still our favourite. Also, Dara Brin, very strong. Also, um, <laughs> David Bedil, also. Sandy yeah. Tox, mm. been great. Um, Hooper, I mean, all yeah. fabulous. Yeah. Um, so, yes. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. 
Hey guys, welcome to Giggly Squad, a place where we make fun of everything, but most importantly, ourselves. I'm Paige DeSorbo. I'm Hannah Burner. Welcome to the squad. Giggly Squad started on Summer House when we were giggling during an inappropriate time. But of course, we can't be managed. So we decided to start this podcast to continue giggling. We will make fun of pop culture news. We're watching. Fashion trends. Pep talks where we give advice. Mental health moments. And games and guests. Listen to Giggly Squad on Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.